This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. You're listening to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Now, here's Justin Fielder, Derek Stafford, and Tyler Schaefer. Hello and welcome to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Justin here along with cousins Derek and Tyler. What an exciting day in Husker land. I guess you could say that. Three more transfers were announced. Luke McCaffrey, Will Farniak, and Cade Warner. They are now in the transfer portal. Uh, there was some speculation about Luke McCaffrey, but now it is official. Tyler, what are your initial thoughts on these three guys hitting the portal? I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I believe that I was uh, probably in the minority at this point that believed that Luke McCaffrey um, was going to be the quarterback of the future. Still, I, I still was high on him. I thought Cade Warner, um, you know, he had a place on this wide receiver depth chart. Uh, I mean, this is these are guys that I thought were gonna uh, in the Cade Warner case, a guy that I was gonna play next year in Luke McCaffrey, a guy that I definitely saw a bright future for. So, um, you know, some definitely some depth hits um, in the future, but twenty twenty one, I don't know the impact you're gonna see on that. Derek, were you shocked by the news today? Uh, not shocked. I mean, we kind of talked about last last week how surprised we were that we haven't had more transfers. Up to this point, did we jinx it? <laughs> Maybe. So, so, so now that we're getting some transfers, no, it doesn't shock me. And I'm, I'm kind of with Tyler here. Like, I, I don't think we lost anybody so detrimental that it's going to affect that much. I, I think Cade Warner sucks just losing his leadership in the wide receiver room. I, I think that's probably the biggest hit. Well, he was a but, captain, so that was he huge. was a captain. He was voted sure. as a captain. Uh, he took a but hit at this least year. We, at least we don't have have to see him drop balls in the end zone anymore yeah but don't Ouch. you think don't you think that he was a guy that that you could trust to like rebound and get over whatever yips he had in this year don't you think that with a strong offseason he would come back to the Cade Warner that we knew Tyler you're making a face like you don't believe it at all what was what was the Cade Warner that we knew like, so you're he, making it sound like he was a super stud and no, but he was reliable. I mean, he was reliable. He had reliable hands. He was great blocking. I mean, he was a guy that you could trust to put out there and not fuck up, right? I mean, I think he was still a good blocker. I, most of his reliable catches were when he was wide open because nobody was covering him. I again, I think Cade Warner was a good player, and but what my face was there, Justin, is I think that you, like, I think that the this is this is what. You do. Let, let's get into this. Cade Warner leaving is a big deal. Cade Warner staying, the guy's doing nothing for us. Like, like it is, <laughs> it's a bigger deal now that he's leaving than what I think you're making it sound like a bigger deal than what you thought Cade Warner's role was going to be in 2021. I, like, think I, don't, he, I don't think you were buying Cade Warner's stock right now. Uh, you're, you're probably right, but he what he did provide is like what Derek said, leadership and depth. Depth at a position where we don't have a lot of experience coming yeah, back. Very little experience. And but, so he would have, have been plenty a, of depth. We he would have been plenty. a key cog in that locker room. Yeah, I mean he would have provided, you know, that uh leadership. And yeah, I mean I again I, I hate seeing him go. I really do. I I mean I really don't like seeing a lot of these guys go. Um 
you know, Will Farniak, I it shocked me that he never really developed. He was kind of the one true center on the roster. You know, Luke McCaffrey, obviously, I've been high on. I mean, it it, it sucks. It sucks to lose some of these guys. Um, can, and we, can I go back I, to Cade Warner? I'm sorry. I, I just yes. want to talk about this. So now that he's gone, where does that uh, upperclassman leadership come from out of the wide receiver room? Who fills yeah, I mean, that void? I mean, I think you look at Levi Falk. I mean, he, he was a he was around last year. He's a senior this year. He's coming back. Um I mean the 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 upperclassmen leadership, like I I think at this point you were overstating that to a degree because this isn't Alante Brown's first year in the system at this point. This isn't Xavier Betts' first year in the system. This isn't uh you know uh Oliver Martin's first year in the system. These guys have been around a year now and. You know, I I don't know. Like, I think the senior leadership means a lot more to incoming players and that that leadership. But I think these guys get it. They they know their roles, and I think they're ready to step up for it. I don't even think the staff knows what their roles are at this point. How could they? I mean, players were coming and going in and out of games. You know, they'd go on hiatus. I, I, I think the Cade Warner situation... Whether he was going to be a major contributor, no, nobody ever saw him as a major contributor. But I just think that it is a, it's, you know, it, it's a huge hit in that wide receiver room. You have Oliver Martin coming back, uh, second year in the second year. Can he take over a leadership role? I don't know. The uh, oh my god, the the guy that I, the name that I keep butchering from uh, Montana. Samori Tori. Yeah, yeah, that guy. He's chances are he's not going to assume that, even though he's going to be the most veteran, uh, the oldest player in there. I don't know. It's I would he's not Omar Manning, who's now been in the system for a year. Yeah, I mean, who's Omar he, Manning? I mean, what has he done? I, I don't know if you can count on him. Why would he? I don't know if we can count. I don't know if we can count on Samori Tori. Well. Fair. I, I guess that goes to show that there's not there's not an obvious person to replace the type of leadership that Cade Warner was going to bring to the wide yeah. receiver room. Yeah, and, and, and again, it, it, the whole Cade. I mean, we could go guy by guy on this. Cade Warner is a weird thing for me because you know, it, let's remember the history of Cade Warner because I think he has gotten a lot of publicity partially because he comes from a famous father. Cade Warner came to Lincoln as a walk on. This was not a highly touted player, and he busted his ass, and he earned everything. But, like, this isn't—I don't know if there's a line of teams that are looking to bring Cade Warner in as a scholarship athlete. I I don't—I would be shocked if he ends up with a Power 5 offer. What, not Iowa State? So, I say Iowa State because a while back, Kurt Warner sent out that tweet, and I I don't know— what word for word what it was was basically you know saying how great of a coach Matt Campbell is and you know what everything that he's doing is just great and uh, a lot of Husker fans they took that as a knock on like a uh, a knock on Scott Frost maybe there was some intent there I don't know but now Husker that Kate, fans t- Husker fans read into everything they do they do like but you can't say anything on Twitter without a Husker fan going well what do you mean by that. Yeah. Why, why are you talking shit about Scott Frost? You didn't say anything about Scott Frost. It would be 
It would be interesting if Cade Warner ended up at Iowa State, though. <laughs> if he does, he does. I'm with Tyler. If he does, he's going to be a walk-on. Like, I, don't, I don't know that he's going to get a scholarship offer to go play for a power five. Well, I don't think. I mean, he doesn't need a scholarship wherever he goes. He doesn't need that. Well, neither did Luke McCaffrey. I mean, uh, Will Farn- there's a lot of kids out there. Will like Farniak, that. I think that's an interesting thing. Not that he was going to be a starter or competing for a starter, but we're a team without centers. We're one deep at center. And he was our backup center headed into 2021. And I don't know who feels... What's that? You assume. Yeah, yeah, I assume. I mean, who who would you assume? I don't even know who's in the standing. I mean, neither neither do I. But I would have thought he was going to be the backup last year, and he wasn't. Well, last year was a little bit different, you know, because uh, the the staff they always wanted to play the best five guys on the team. If a guy got injured, they were going to shuffle the deck and bring in that number six guy just to keep the the best five linemen on the field. I think that's what we saw last year when they pulled Cam Jurgens okay. out. That that may be fair, but who's to say that Will Farniak was going to be with best six the sixth best guy anyway? Who's to I, say I they don't, don't do the same thing this year? I have no idea. But like before the season started, we all anticipate Will Farniak being a backup center for the same reason because he was the only center on the roster. Yeah, and yet the staff continued to move somebody in front of him. Yeah. So either he's just not doing well or. They just don't like him. I don't know what it is. I mean, he, but. but he would have had another year in the system. I mean, he, he should have got better. All right, Tyler, what do you you got to say something? I, You're I, rolling I mean, your I, eyes I, over I, here. No, I mean, I it it, it is, is Will Farniok leaving much different than Matthew Anderson leaving? No, and not not, not and not that it they're is not a, losses. It is different. Not not not. Bo, Bo Wilson is the biggest loss in the transfer portal when it comes to the offensive line. Very possible. He's the only one with starting experience. Yes. Agreed. Yes. And he pro- he had a really good shot, you would have thought, to start next year. Um, I, I just, you know, I, I think Will Farnia, I think all these guys are really losses. I mean, I think, but, and and to the, you know, obviously I we've kind of brushed over the, I think the main guy was Luke McCaffrey. And, and say what you will about Will Farnia, say what you will about Cade Warner. Luke McCaffrey, we're, we're, what makes, like, I just, it bothers me we couldn't figure it out with him. Um, and there's a lot of things, you know, that I think you could point to. Like, was his development the best? I think we've been critical of Mario Verduzco. I think that, you know, was his development there at quarterback? Did he even have the chops to play quarterback? Why couldn't we convince him to go to another position if that's what the coaches really wanted? But, again, I go back to this, and I think when you look at this thing, like, he's the guy that just, it it really bums me out yeah. that you couldn't find a way to get him a spot and make it work with him. So, Tyler, when we talked about Wandale Robinson and how the staff misused Wandale, could the same thing be said for Luke McCaffrey? Did the staff misuse how they used uh, Luke McCaffrey? Is well, I think that I, I mean I think misused because they listened to people like Justin and wanted Luke McCaffrey to come in at quarterback. Before well, if he Scott was ready. wouldn't call me every every Sunday night to ask for my advice. I, I mean, I, I think that Luke. Um, That's why we're losing. I know. 
I'm an listen, entertaining Justin. mofo. Okay. No, I mean, I did we misuse Luke McCaffrey? I don't think so. I think we were we we were. A, I actually think we tried to use him in unique ways for as much as we could for a kid that there is evidence to support the fact that he didn't want to play a different position besides quarterback. And I I think that is tough to say. It it goes back to the Wandell Robinson thing. Like if Wandell Robinson didn't want to play running back, like what do you do in that situation? Like if, if you think he's better at running back and he doesn't want to play there, what do you do? Yeah. So it sounds like this has been kind of in the works. There's been this rumor going around with Luke McCaffrey leaving for a while. So I assume the staff knew. And then, you know, last week when uh, Scott Frost, when he was talking to the newspapers, he was talking about Luke McCaffrey and saying that he had a future at Nebraska and playing, you know, at quarterback and all that stuff. All the while, don't you think that he already knew that Luke McCaffrey was on his way out? I mean, it's po- it's possible, but maybe that was part of his recruiting pitch. Maybe that was his way of trying to keep McCaffrey around. Maybe he was still trying to change his mind at that point. It, maybe so? Luke comes back. We've seen that in the transfer portal. We've seen kids that want to leave, and they all of a sudden decide to come back, and that that has happened. I mean, I will be curious what the market is for Luke McCaffrey if he if he is committed to playing quarterback. Because I do think Scott Frost is committed to give him an opportunity to play quarterback. So do you think he ends up at a Power 5 school? I don't know. The guy had one one touchdown and six interceptions. And his one touchdown was a pop pass to Xavier Betts, who ran at 45 yards. So it was essentially a run play, even. How, how many touchdowns did he have on the ground, though? I don't know. Two, three, maybe. I mean... I, don't know, I, I thought there... I thought he was an exciting player. But, but but again, he is an exciting player. And I'm not trying to crap on the kid. He was a great runner. Yeah, I mean, He wasn't a great passer. He just wasn't. He got again. us our first win this year. You know, and the, the whole team looked like shit in his second start. But, I, you know, what could have been? Him. Didn't, he have, di- didn't he have three interceptions in that game? Five, I think, right? I don't know. It was a lot. I, I mean, again, <laughs> I lost count. That's how many I mean, it was. Luke, Luke was exciting. He was a good player. He is a good player. I don't. I don't know if I agree with Derek. I think he has a shot to end up at a power five school at quarterback. Um, I, I just don't think there are many athletes that can do what he can do. Um, will he ever develop into a passer? Like I, I don't yet to be determined. I mean, you know, we've seen guys go. Um, you know. Tristan Jebbia went to a Power 5 school. I mean, I don't think Nebraska fans are mourning over him watching what he's doing at Oregon State. I mean, I what I know, what I believe is 2021 was going to be Adrian Martinez. 2022 also could have been Adrian Martinez. There is a lot of speculation, and I think it's founded, that the gap between Luke McCaffrey and Logan Smothers was not a large gap. So where, where was there? Where did that come from? Have you? I mean, the Twittersphere. I mean, according to Scott Frost, the gap between Martinez and Luke McCaffrey wasn't big at all. They they could, they were co-starters. Fair enough. I I just I but there was a lot of speculation that Logan Smothers and again, and that that goes back to the 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 
the outrage hey, that Scott, we lost him. Scott Frost wasn't wrong. They both had a start. So technically, they're both starters. Yeah, they, yeah, true. I mean, it's just... It, it, I The bigger thing with this whole transfer is... It is when you look at this as an isolated moment, losing these three guys, I think you, I can rationalize it's not a big loss. But then you add in Wandale Robinson, and and that's where this thing starts to be like we we have lost a lot of talent on this team. Yeah, and, a lot of talent. And what what does that mean for twenty twenty one? I don't know. Maybe even beyond twenty twenty one, we'll be fine. But like. We've got to start hitting on these guys. We've got to start hitting on these guys we bring in the Lincoln. And they can't keep transferring. They can't keep, yeah, moving on. I mean, Marcus Fleming in the middle of the year. I mean, golly. A lot of hits. Lost a lot of offensive guys. Marcus Fleming to me is like, is a whole, like, you love Marcus Fleming. You love him. You love him off of one game, and it is. Baffling to me, the love fest you developed for him after that one game. Well, but, I mean, he he proved it. He proved himself after three games, being a true freshman. Right? He came in and and as a true yeah. freshman, he came yeah, in and had a great game. The future was the the ceiling was so high with that dude. He did what some of these other guys weren't able to do at that early stage, including the one that everybody was still wants to crown the crown prince of the receiving core, Omar Manning. Omar Manning was nothing. Uh, Omar Manning was injured the whole year. He, he got in for his one game, and he didn't do anything. He suited up. I mean, whatever his problem was, we don't know because Scott Frost doesn't tell anything. And any d- time he does talk, you know, he almost sounds like Donald Trump with all the lies that he tells. Anyway, Marcus Fleming had five catches on the season, and I believe all of them came, four of the five, or all five of them came in one game. All five. All yeah, five. All five. Yes. In the Northwestern. And, and, and that's fine. I, and, but I just think that, like, the Marcus Fleming thing is, in a, it, to me, is not even in the same category as Wandell Robinson. No, of course not. Of course not. And, uh, it, it, but again, we're year four, Scott Frost. The, the transfers have been a very notable part. I think a lot of teams are going through this right now. Um, but, but are they more divided between offense and defense? Because it seems like Scott Frost has taken the huge hit on offense. Last year and this year. It's all on the offensive side of the ball. It's, I don't, how many people on defense are is, you saying? Is that true? Because before this, before this season started, we had a lot of defensive guys transfer. Because we were all complaining about all the defensive backs from Florida transferring out. Yeah. Well, right now, the, the ratio is 8-3 to three for this year. Eight offensive guys to three defensive guys. So it, it's it's pretty good. And I, I, last year was like 12 offensive guys to eight, I think. Uh, shoot. Something like that. I don't know. But there's more offensive guys than defensive guys last year, too. So it's starting to turn into a pattern. And it's not a great pattern, especially when it comes to something that Scott Frost just needs more time to get his guys in and the talent. When you can't retain the talent that you have, it's it's puzzling. And, you know, Tyler, you want to talk about Twitterverse? There's former players asking, 
what the hell is going on in Lincoln and, right and, now? And then there's guys like Luke Gifford who said today, Husker fans, take a deep breath. It's going to be all right. Nothing is spiraling out of control. Yeah, but that's not that's not worthy of talking about because it doesn't fit Justin's narrative. And he's actually a guy that played under Scott Frost, let alone guys that played in the early 2000s or under Mike Riley that have a different opinion. Like, I, I mean, I... Here's the thing: Is are, are things spiraling out of control? I don't think so. I mean, I, I think it's just this is a bad notch. So, so Tyler, it's, it's, so which camp are you in? Are you in Luke Gifford's camp, or saying, "Hey, nothing's to worry about. Everything's under control"? Or are you in the camp of some of these other players saying, "What the hell is going on in Lincoln?" I think the truth is somewhere in the middle. I mean, I, I mean, and not to dodge the question, I'm, I'm more under the stance of like. I think I'm more under Luke Gifford's stance. If you had to put me on one or the other, I think it's more of a like the the transfers. I think are just part of college football. You there there was all of these guys. I think there was reason to see them leave. Right, Luke McCaffrey. I think believes probably rightfully so that he should be starting. He wasn't going to be. He wasn't going to be, and Cade Warner was a starter. He was a captain. Derek didn't think he was going to be in the too deep. Well, just let's face it. Like, the guy had like 12 snaps in the last four games that he played. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he was benched. He was, he was, he was showing benched, signs yeah. that his career was pretty much done. I, I understand why he left. I, and look, I hope the best for all these kids. I, whatever. I mean, if you want to go somewhere else, so be it. That's fine. I don't think the sky is falling because they're leaving. I would be more concerned if it was guys that were potential starters leaving. I just think that news of this, this quick after we lose our best player on offense in Wondell Robinson, and then we lose, you know, arguably the most electric player on offense in Luke McCaffrey. And, you know, that's two players back to back. Guys that Scott Frost... They designated as the future of the program, and he's not. They, they're not staying. The the, fu- the future is gone. I, I, I'm telling you that the the people need to learn that there there's a reason why things are called coach speak. There, coaches like do talk in hyperbole. They they. I mean, what other players did Scott Omar Manny has- said, man, we need more people like Omar Man. We don't I've never coached a player like him. I've never. I mean, I, the, the quotes out there, Xavier. I mean, Xavier Betts, man, he oh, yeah. is going to be went, a special. He went off on how great Xavier Betts is going to be in the future. I mean, like, I mean, you you like I get it. He like, essentially called him the future of the program, too. Yeah. Did he call him the future of the program? I, I don't know. I didn't hear that. I mean, I never heard that. I mean, it was obvious maybe with Wondell Robinson. Maybe he didn't call him the future, but I mean, he was like, this kid's going to be special. This kid's going to be great in the future. I mean, it's essentially called part of the future. I mean, a future of the program. All right. Well, Scott Frost, talk, Scott Frost talks about every player being the future of the program. Because he talks highly about his players, and that's okay. And that, I'm not blaming Scott Frost for that. But, like, when when people go... Like when when you go and use those comments against him, and then in the same breath say, "Man, why doesn't Scott Frost talk more openly to the media?" 
Well, no shit, when you're going to twist his words every time he says something and be like, well, he said that, it's fact. Like well, Maybe are, he are should gonna, be more truthful then, right? I mean, is there get, a fine what line? Get, to, what did they get Mike Riley? They got his ass candid three years being super honest and transparent. Well, I mean, four and eight has <laughs> more to do with that. I mean... It, I, th- I think everybody loved the uh, transparency and the openness and all that stuff, you know, when we were winning nine games in the second year. I mean, I thought that was uh, it was a breath of fresh air after Polini, but now... Well, maybe everybody will like Scott Frost more if we just do a little more hip-hip hooray. Hip-hip hooray! As, hey, if, if you can couple that with some winning some games, I think that goes a long way. And you gotta, Derek, you're, you're right. Year four, it's on the table, man. It, it, the, the, so, the, the, the losses, the losses have hurt. The, the the losses of recruiting are not a feather in his cap. You can no longer say he's establishing the roster of the future. I think that's fair. It's it's on the line year four. So great transition here, Tyler, because Bill Moosey came out recently and said that you know uh, Nebraska they need to be competing for their division and winning the division. You know, he put out those comments out there. And then Scott Frost, he basically echoed the same sentiment that Bill Moose had. He says, yeah, we need to be competing uh, in the division and, you know, getting out there and winning the division. So this is a team that has finished no better than fifth in the division all three years. Uh, What do you make of his comments out there with agreeing? With uh, Moose there, Tyler. Yeah, I, I, I would, you know, I, I have had bosses. Um, I've been given feedback on my bo- from my bosses before. And I have gone out there and, like a robot, repeated the feedback I've gotten from my bosses. And, and I feel like this is what the conversation between Bill Moose and Scott Frost was, where Bill Moose sat him down and said, Scott, you got to start winning some games here. Um and 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 Scott came out and said, "Yeah, we got to start winning some games here, and I think we got the team to do it." That's that's what I make of this. So, are they just empty words, though, Tyler? I mean, is it? I I mean, I think that the no. expectations are they they got to win some games. I, I do they have to win the division? Is is Scott Frost's job on the line if he doesn't win the division? I don't believe that. Can he afford to miss another bowl game? I I, I don't think he can. All right, Derek, did you see it almost like as an ultimatum? No, not at all. That should be your goal every year. Like, yeah, that, I mean, they should be saying that. But, but Derek, if they have that If you're not... But they haven't been saying that. So when they, they come out and say it for I, I in year have. four, is there some meat? Is there some substance behind I, I don't that think he so. needs I, I'm with to be Ty, competing? I'm with Tyler. You need to start winning some games, yes. I don't think it's a division title or bust, no. Okay, so, so competing, competing. I mean, does he need to be what, competitive? What's, com- what's competing? I think you need to be in the conversation in November, right? I mean, you have to be like, oh, shit. I mean, in November, you, you have to be there in a position to win the title. I think that's competing. It can't be over in early October that you're out of the division talk, right? Well, what can't happen is we can't lose to Illinois. Um, we we can't, we, you can't lose, you know, Northwestern's a tough out. I mean, Purdue, you've got to beat Purdue. Um, you know, right right now you need to find a way 
to finish off games against Northwestern because you've struggled to finish off games with Northwestern. You've had chances to beat them, and you just haven't finished it off. You need to find ways to finish it off with Iowa because you've had many opportunities to beat them as well. you got to beat one of those two, yeah. you them out. I mean, yeah, I mean, the Northwestern thing is just interesting because everyone, everyone says the same shit about Northwestern. How do we keep losing to them? We're all in games with them. It's, 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 not, a, it's not how do we lose to them. I, I, I'm not saying they're not a good team because they are a good team. But here's the thing. Like, how many years in the road do we have like a fourth quarter lead and end up blowing it? I mean, two years ago we had a we beat them by three. I mean, it, they're, they're they're just always dogfight games. I mean, it could be a dogfight game, but you need to learn to start winning them. Yeah. What, what is his record? Is he what? What is is Frost one and two against Northwestern or two and one? One and two. One and two. He lost his first year. I'm not even sure. Didn't is he zero and three? Against no, he beat him? Northwestern seventeen to fourteen year two. That was that defensive sluggish game that Adrian got banged up in. And... Okay. Well, we lost in overtime the first year. Wait, we, we didn't we beat them 13 to 10? Is that 13 the, to 10? 13, 13 to 10. 10. That's that the game you're Michigan talking about. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. A field, I, I just remember it being a field goal game. Yes, yeah, sir. Right. But. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, so I think there should be some meat to this. I mean, otherwise it's like a empty em, – they're empty words. You say he needs to go out there and compete for the division or win the his half of the conference or whatever the words that he said. I I have it here somewhere. I just don't want to look for it. But he's he's got to he's got to get some wins, guys. Has to. Derek, you you always hammer this thing. And when your athletic director, the guy that hired you, and Tyler, you kind of said he has to hit a bowl game. If he doesn't hit a bowl game, do you think he's gone? Do you think they're both gone? Probably, probably. I mean, and, and it, you know, it, the 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 Scott Frost thing. Like, this is the thing that just bums me out about it. If Scott Frost doesn't work, we're never going to get a coaching candidate that highly regarded. Doesn't mean we won't get a better coach. Just we'll never get a guy that high, highly regarded again. We'll never get Nebraska's the 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 prodigal son returning. Like, we'll never get that narrative again and so i, I mean i i am a hundred percent i'm thinking that there's some husker fans out there that wish like frankie london would have beat out scott frost in 1997 though right well, now that's fair that's fair i mean no, no i mean that's fair i mean the, the, the scott frost had a, has always had an interesting dynamic with the husker fans but i i I still think there's a lot of things to be optimistic for. Is it the Scott Frost vision that we were promised a year ago or four years ago? No. This is a team being built around defense. Um, you got a quarterback in Adrian Martinez that has shown the ability to manage an offense. He can make plays with his feet when he needs to. I think this is if if Scott Frost does, I think this is a team that can be very dangerous. I'm not. I think it's on the table for him to do it. Um, He's made mistakes, put himself down, you know, but I, th- I think there's still a bright future for there. So, so one of the interesting things that Scott Frost did say, you know, when he was asked about Wondell Robinson leaving, he says that, you know, said some of the fact of that he likes the team that he has now. He thinks that they can do a little bit other things on offense that they weren't able to do before. What, what do you make of that, Derek? What, what did he mean by that? 
Who knows? Again, you can never take anything that Scott Frost says and, and read into it because he's so vague about everything. I, I don't know what he means by that. I have no clue. Tyler, do you have a thought on that? I I think that he is – you know, we, we heard the expression this year, no block, no rock. Um, you saw what he did in the 2021 recruiting class going after a lot of big body wide receivers. I think it is evident that Scott Frost wants more physicality at the wide receiver position. I think that he is building a – with what is going on in defense, I think he is building a more physical team than a speed team. Um, and so I, – I, I, will, I, will, I will say that. It, with, judging by his recruiting class this year – and even part of even part of the recruiting class from last year, it does appear that he's trying to change this offense to a more physical team than a, than, a, than a speed team. It, 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 it yeah. does appear that he's trying to change his offense. And a lot of people were really um, critical last fall about like his his pace of play calling and the speed that our offense like operated. Uh, and maybe and maybe the fact that he's trying to change the offense does account for some of the losses that we're getting in the transfer portal. Maybe. So, yeah. So the exact the his exact words were in some ways it's going to allow us to be closer to what we want to be on offense. Which I think it's I, I I mean I'm reading it as a it's it's a more physical offense. Uh it, it is not as Yeah, I mean it's as simple as that. It's why you, you, know really, you know what I really think he meant by it? We don't have to find a way to get Wondell Robinson the ball 15 times a game. But he was the coach. He was the head coach and oh, offensive it. coordinator and play caller. But he felt obligated to get Wondell Robinson 15 touches a game. Now you can spread it around more. Maybe that was maybe that was a deal with Wondell. Maybe he wanted the ball more. I mean, I mean, here's the thing. I, I use the and, analogy. Hey, if you're trying to keep a kid around, you're trying to get him not to transfer, how do you do it? You give him what he wants. I right? would hope that's not the case because that would I, make him a very weak coach if he allows Wondell Robinson to dictate how he game. I, I will say this: I, I use this analogy. Like Wondell Robinson was a sports car. He he was. It was beautiful. It was amazing. Like if you got a sports car, if, if Justin, Derek, if you guys could afford a Maserati, wouldn't you want to show that motherfucker off? Like you'd want to take that thing out, show it off. You know what? In Nebraska, a Maserati may not be the most practical option. I'm a that's kind of what I used for. That's what I kind of used for Mondale Robinson. The guy, the guy was great, and I'm not gonna. There's nothing about it, but did he fit always? Did he? Did he fit to what we were like? Can you look at what when we were feeding Wandell the Rock, and we were like, "Give me more of that." Like, was there ever a game that you left there last year legitimately like? If only we gave Wondell Robinson the ball more, we would have won that game. The answer to me is no. Yeah, oh, that's fair. That's fair. And, I mean, and 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 again, I think Wondell's great. I, I I I wish he was around. I wish we could have found a way to utilize him more in this system. I wish we could have found a way well, to play him better. But like we couldn't, and that's on Frost. That like you, if you have a Maserati. Like, you should be smart enough to know, like, hey, I'm only going to take it on that 80-degree day when the roads are clear, and you got to be smart about it. But he wasn't. He couldn't figure it out. And maybe it's better just to have the pickup trucks. 
So, and I think the offense that I think the offense that Scott Frost ran at UCF, Wondell Robinson would have been utilized perfectly, and he would have been great. But the problem is, you were playing Big Ten defenses where that offense apparently doesn't isn't going to work. Yeah, and so now I think I think he's trying to change it. He's going more with physical physicality than speed. I think when he first got here, he expected speed to work, and it's just not working. Well, because I don't think he's got the speed. I think his I think his thought process isn't terrible. I just don't think he's been able to cons- consistently recruit those guys that would have been that. Like, I don't think that, like, he hasn't been able to bring in the relative talent. Like, UCF, he was playing with Alabama talent, like, relative to that conference. Yeah, and the same way with Oregon. I mean, they had yeah. better talent than anybody other team in the Pac-12. UCF and, and was the same way. And he's You're not going to have that at Nebraska. And he's had good talent at Nebraska. He's had good talent, but it hasn't been like noticeably better. And and that and I think when you look at some of that, like it just leads to, like we're just not there. And so he's he's building a little bit different brand of football than he promised us four years ago, and that's okay. But we're in year four. We're losing a lot of guys in the transfer portal. There isn't a lot of like, well, once Adrian's done, just wait till Luke McCaffrey takes over. I mean, some of that, like, the the patience is going away. And I think Bill Moose, to the original point of this, and Scott Frost are both acknowledging, like, yeah, we got to win some games now. It, it's, it's, it's go time. Well, we're headed into year four. The offense hasn't been great uh, last couple of years. And Scott Frost announced that all 10 assistants are going to return. I don't think, uh, I think a lot of people were shocked, me being one of them, that there were no coaching changes on the offensive side of the ball. Defense, I think we everybody agrees the defensive side of the ball is good, great. No issues on the defense. We love the defense. Derek, were you shocked that there were no changes made on offense? Not necessarily. I, I probably would have liked to seen some changes, but again, we're, we're getting to the point to where we change coaches every damn year. At some point, it's got to it's it's not going to fix everything every time. And I I don't know, you know, a year ago there were a lot of fans clamoring that by God, Schneider should be fired. He should be gone. This guy's terrible. And now this year, everybody's going, well, I'm kind of glad we kept him around. So, and who knows what, maybe what some of these offensive guys can be that way. I don't, I don't know. Tyler, but, were you shocked? No, I, I, I don't think shock's the word. I, again, I feel like I'm giving a lot of like hyperboles and stuff, but like, you know, we, we, it gets to a point, I, and I think Fro- this is where Frost is, is like, I trust these guys. I know these guys. My back's against the wall. I'm going to ride with the guys I'm comfortable with. And I, I really think that's that. I think when you looked at this offseason, I know Mario Verduzco is a guy that I think you two both thought should have gone. To me, it wasn't an obvious where the weak link was. Like, could have been Greg Austin, it could have been Ryan Held, it could have been a couple guys. I, and so when you're in that boat and you're like, I, where do I even start with getting rid of guys? Like, I don't think Frost was interested in potentially his last year at his dream job with everything on the line of doing a massive reboot. 
Because I don't think that was going to buy him any more time. Well, that's fair. I mean, you're right. He has to win now. But if I'm kind of shocked that he thinks that this is the group of guys that can get this offense turned around. When they've been in a down, they've been trending down for the last three years. If you look at the chart, I mean, scoring offense, it's not, it's not pretty. It's not pretty. This was the worst year out of all three. And I don't know how you have confidence in a lot of those guys headed into year four, especially with as much is on the line with what Bill Moose had said. And then Scott Frost is echoing the same thing. I don't know how you get to compete for a uh, Big Ten West title with the offense that they're running. And you have transfers on top of that with Wondell Robinson and some of these guys – other guys in depth, you don't have a lot of experience coming back. I mean, I don't know what he's thinking. I don't know how that happens. It's it's perplexing, but, you know, maybe it's like uh, he's already in it too far deep, you know? He's already in it. He's just going to let it ride with what he has, you know? It's like, I have one more year. I, Let's do it. I think I think it has a lot to do with the fact that you have a lot of guys that have been here for one year under under this one coaching staff. And to change coaches around, it's like starting all over with them again. Well, I was so just yeah. You don't you don't want to start over with them again. I was just saying in terms of like maybe he knows that he has one year to get it right, or he's gone. And I think so I, he keeps the guys around. He's like, hey, we all arrived here. We're gonna ride this. You know, if if the ship sinks, it sinks. But we're gonna do it together. So why bring in somebody else? Well, I and I think there. There, there's probably a little truth to that, I think. But but to me, it's like, okay, I so I, I'm going to go back to the Mario Verduzco thing. So I think Frost feels pretty good about where this defense is. I think we all do. I think that he has showed evidence that he is trusting Lubick and what Lubick is bringing to the table as OC. A lot more, um, you know, trust and taking the, the you know, his, his, his I guess, you know what, saddle off a little bit of what of the yeah, offense that I've there's, there's play evidence. calling, and so I think that Frost has a little bit more confidence. So I think he's like, you know, I I can spend a little bit more time with the quarterback. I can spend a little bit more time than I maybe felt I could in the past with that, and you know, and 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 I don't think that's a detriment to Verduzco. I don't. I think that will only help him, and I think that will only help Adrian Martinez. Um, what is so, Verduzco overwhelmed? Well, I don't know if overwhelms the right word. I, I again, you got like I I I think Verduzco is a the quarterback prop was development was a problem. It wasn't the only problem. Far from it. To to, I, to single him out as like that's your weak link when the quarterback was the strength of this team is just perplexing to me. How you guys have com- come to that conclusion, or you, Justin? I guess I, I think Derek's a little bit there, but um. The development hasn't been great, but it's I, been I, I think terrible. I mean, you could argue the that Adrian, the, the quarterback has been the strength of this team for two years now. But that's not saying much. The the offense has been so terrible. They've been so terrible. Shiny's turd in the brigade. I mean, it, <laughs> I mean. It, so you were talking about Lubick. And I, I don't. I don't think. I don't think quarterback play is as bad as Justin makes it to be. 
I, I don't. I, I know he was getting ready to say that. He thinks Adrian Martinez is taking a step back every year. But I don't believe that. I think Adrian Martinez looked much better this year. Yes, he year. Yeah, he took a step forward this year over last year. But, I mean. He got back to his probably freshman year. But he, he hasn't taken the steps forward that we thought that he would. No. I mean, every year, you know, he shows up on a Heisman list. And it's like, okay, yeah, I see that. We want to believe that. He won't this year. He won't this year. Headed in 2020. It, it, that, it's done. He's done. I but, mean, but, but, he is an get, average quarterback. But he like, is not a quarterback that can get us to where we want to go. As a team. The, the, That's not true. Here's I the don't thing. Bull- here's the it. thing. Adrian Martinez is not an average quarterback. Adrian Martinez shows signs of being this great quarterback. I was just I watched a Purdue game today, and man, he looks so good in that game. He has flashes of greatness, but then he turns around and has a game like Rutgers where he fumbles the ball four damn times. And you're going, Jesus, you get so frustrated with him and you want to blame <laughs> everything in the world on him. And Scott Frost went on to say that outside of the Two fumbles and two interceptions. That was one of his better games. It was though, but but in Justin, and that's the thing is like I get that 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 you laugh at that comment, but like teams survive turnovers. Trevor Lawrence turned the ball over at times. Like you have to be able the way to 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 get around it. Like to me, the Rucker game isn't as near as frustrating as like the the Northwestern game. Or going back two years ago, the Iowa game. Like, I, I just... And, and, and is Adrian Martinez going to be an All-American quarterback? I don't think so. Is he a good enough quarterback to win games? We always go back to the Adrian Martinez debate. But it, it, he's... I, I think... I think we're okay there. I just... God, I wish our offensive line was better. I wish our running back pool was better. Like, if those two things... Like, we just, the Luke McCaffrey thing. Like, I go back to that, like, Luke McCaffrey blew up against Illinois. We also ran him 20 times or whatever it was in that first half. Like, we also made him throw and, like, said, hey, this is your second start. Let's put it on there. We just, there's just so much pressure we put on the quarterbacks in this offense. So when you talk about the wide receivers, let's give our, generally new wide receivers coach a chance to have a full year with a spring practice and a normal fall and see what can happen. I feel okay about that position group. I really do. So, but we still need to see it. Like we haven't seen it. We did, we did not see it this year, but again, it was a strange year where we didn't get a spring practice. We didn't get any spring practices fall. We started for two days, got canceled then didn't start back up for another two weeks or whatever it was. Let's get a normal year and see what can happen. It's going to be a long off season, and we're going to have this debate later on down the road. But like biggest question marks on offense, I'm going to put you guys on the spot here. Running backs, wide receivers, or quarterbacks. For me, quarterbacks is not the number one. No, it's Time. running back. It's easily running back. Derek? Uh, yeah, I agree. It's running, running back. back, yeah. Uh, because the, the one guy that we have that we're hoping can replace Mills, we don't even know if he's going to be eligible to play. The biggest question mark at quarterback is now that Luke McCaffrey is not on the roster, if something happens to Adrian Martinez, we're screwed. I don't. We think are so. screwed. Why? I think Logan Smothers is a fine. Like, Why? This is a kid. This is a kid who had interest from Alabama. This is a kid 
Like, but how come Logan's he didn't even get a little a... bit of playing time in a year where nothing happens? You're not burning a red shirt. He didn't even see a snap. Why? I get, I get, I get it. Uh, that's fair. That's a fair. That's a because we had Luke McCaffrey and there wasn't really a great time to ever put him in a game. Like I don't I mean, know. I, I I also feel that if you if you would have ever put Logan Smothers in rather than Luke McCaffrey, everyone would have had a heyday and went, but, "What the hell are you doing?" But against Ruggers, Luke McCaffrey didn't even suit up. He wasn't suited up, and we were in a dogfight the whole game, and we won the game. You can't like to go back and second guess. Like, why did you play Logan Smothers? No, I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just well, saying. Why there, did you win the game? There like, were times. There were times. There were times. They had opportunities, but they had opportunities to lose the game. You're right. If if they played Logan Smothers, maybe we lose that game. Okay. I mean, I mean, I, I mean, I mean it worked. The, the strategy worked in the Rutgers game. Now, may, maybe Logan Smothers comes in. And lets, I I just. I think that the I don't think the quarterback <laughs> had cool. Luke McCaffrey been healthy, or had he been suited up after those turnovers, Luke McCaffrey would have taken over that game. I don't I don't know if that's true, but I, what that I what true. I'll say is that I I think that Logan Smothers, like I, I said this early in the podcast, I think there was a lot of people that were clamoring that Luke Logan Smothers might have really been the number two quarterback, like he might have been the guy. I think a lot of people are high on him. I'm not quite as high on him, but I, I think he's good enough that I, I don't think it's a bare cupboard. Now, I do to, think to be going fair, to the next— To be like, fair, everybody's favorite quarterback on a bad team is a backup quarterback. Yes, it is. Can we go to the next—I think the next question is who should we be looking at as signing day approaches? Is that the next topic? No, we, 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 well, we never finished with uh, Lubick sharing uh, play calling okay. with Frost. I mean, was that a shock to you? Yes. Derek? Not really, because they talked about it during the season. So I had already known that. I, Derek, you keep saying that, man. I, I, the only research I, I did I tonight, I, the only research I did back, was try to find any I will any go back comment. and I will find the interview and I will send it to you. Please where do. Where Matt Lubick talks about sharing, sharing play calling duties. I, I remember the only thing I, I could find. I don't remember what game it was, but I know for a fact that he did. The only thing that I could find was a comment that was, I was made during the season. I was shocked when he said it. The only comment I could find was a, the, something that he said that was like, yeah, me and Scott Frost are talking all throughout the game about play calls. That was the closest thing I found to him saying that he was calling plays. I'll look for it. Well, Scott Frost, he talked about, you know, in the Ruggers game, they split the play calling, and that would make sense. Lubick probably called the running plays, and Scott Frost called the swing passes. That makes all that all makes sense. You're not funny. Yeah, that is pretty funny. That is very funny. All right, we'll get to your recruiting that it's, you want to talk it's about. It's not so funny. Bad. It's not funny when you're the one laughing at your joke. I think it's hilarious. Just, just a little heads up. Just hilarious. enough. Why, if, if if that's the case, that Justin's whole idea of his life is completely changed. Like he, I mean, he, half of his jokes, he is the now only that one. That was funny. Hey, I think I'm hilarious. Hey, uh, we'll talk about your recruiting. with uh, Let's talk about Avani Dickerson. Uh, that was kind of big news that he decommitted from Minnesota this week. Tyler, uh, where does he go? I got I to gotta hope that he's coming in. I The guy's got a lot of interest. It seems like it's between us and Oregon. Um he hasn't been to Oregon. 
I, I think there's a lot of optimism where this defense is. I I, I think he's going to be N. I think we need good. I think I think the way that this offseason has gone, good news, bad news, good news, bad news. I feel like we're good. We're due for some good news after today. All right, Derek. Do you think? Do you agree? I mean, I don't see why not. It's the whole not being able to go anywhere and look at look at another uh, campus. I mean, I'm sure he's seen Lincoln. He knows what Lincoln is. So why why not stay here? Because you can't go to Minnesota and find out what they were about. You're not going to be able to go to Oregon and find out what they're about. I, I I don't see why you would ever go, why he would go anywhere else. But I'm, I'm not around a guy. I don't know what his interests are. I don't know what appeals to him. So, yeah, hopefully. And, and, and the thing is, we still do have a lot of defensive backs. I know we had some transfers after last year. We still have a lot of defensive backs. So, how much are you going to? How how much is he going to? How, how great of a chance is he going to have to come in and play right away? I mean, I'm sure in a couple of years he's going to be a stud, but does he want to sit for a couple of years before it comes to that? Yeah, who knows? Hopefully, hopefully we do land him. Uh, yeah, he would be a great addition. I know Husker Nation really wants to see him in red. Uh, nobody wants to see him. Nobody wanted to see him at Minnesota anyway. He played for that stinky-ass uh, P.J. Fleck. Uh, damn sure don't want to lose him to Oregon. Uh, in in one way, I'd almost rather see him go to Minnesota than Oregon. I don't know, but oh, that, hell no, no. Like, or Oregon's way better. At least we don't have to face him if he goes. Well, to yeah, there, there's that. Uh, all right, guys. Uh, before we get out of here, oh, Der- oh, what? I what? Thought we were, I thought I thought we were gonna do something on the transfer portal. Do we? Do we scrap that? Oh, I don't know. I mean, what do you have to say about the transfer portal? Well, I mean. I, I mean, I, I just, I, th- I think we were talking about quarterback. Does Nebraska need to go after a JUCO quarterback? Do we need to go after a grad transfer? What do we do oh. with that last scholarship? So, you know what? Even before Luke McCaffrey uh, announced that he was transferring, I thought that we needed to go out to the transfer portal and pursue a, a quarterback anyway. I damn sure think that's the case now. I think you have to get some added depth in there because I'm not sold on Logan Smothers coming in and being the savior in case Adrian Martinez goes down. That is a scary proposition to me. I think you need to go out there and find an experienced guy that you can say, okay, hey, I need you to go in and take snaps, whether it's for a few plays, a half a game, or a couple of games. I'm not sure if Logan Smothers is ready for that type of uh, assignment yet. So, as far as transfer portal goes, that is my number one. I would go out and get a quarterback, and I don't think you can go wrong by going out there to get another uh, wide receiver. Every you know, everybody wants to say that we have a lot of talent there. It's a lot of unproven talent. We need to see something out of these guys, and I think the more the merrier at this point. Until you can get some action, get somebody proven in. You know, even though we got the. Kid from Montana coming in, even at FCS level, it's proven to me. Uh, you you got to go there. Running back, I don't know about running back. I mean, uh, Marquez Step. I'm just going to pretend like he is the right guy. I don't know. Derek, what do you think here? Uh, before this, I would not have said quarterback at all. But now that we lost Luke McCaffrey, I do think 
you need to come up with some kind of backup for Adrian Martinez. If you can find somebody who maybe could take overtake the starting job for him, whatever. But you at least need to find a backup for him. I mean, is it Matt Masker? God no. Could it be Matt Masker? No. No, it's it's Logan Smothers right now. But if you can go to the if you can go to the portal, uh man, it, it's probably a good it's probably a good spot to to bring in. Uh, I I disagree with wide receiver. I, Justin, there is a lot of talent there. It's time to develop that talent. It's not a matter of not having players. It's time to develop them. You can bring in all the four stars in the world. If you're not developing, they don't mean shit. I've made this well, joke before. Start developing, start developing, it's time to start developing. It's time to start developing the four stars that we have. I've made this joke before. Uh, Sometimes it's just better just to grab a guy that somebody else developed and throw him out there to get them to some playing time. Because we're, you're right. We're not doing it. We're not doing that, that's a very not good working. job. That's, it's just not. That, that hasn't been working either, though. Uh, right. I mean, we, we brought in kind of Inoa. Didn't work out. Yeah. I, I know. I mean, it's, it's, it's just, I, I don't think that bringing that in is going to help anything right now. Like, right now, you need to develop the plays that you have. Running back is a play, uh, one that you, I think you need to get. Because we still, again, you bring out Marquez Step, maybe he's the right guy. But maybe he's not playing this year because maybe he doesn't get a waiver. Yeah. So I think you need to go after a grad transfer and, and running back. And it never hurts to have two running backs who can run the ball. And right now, we don't know if we have one. Right. Tyler, what, do you, what say you? Uh, so I, I think that, I mean, there's a lot that you could go for. And it's all offensive side. But I want to throw a couple names out. Um so I, I, I want to throw two names out as guys I think a quarterback would be interesting. Because I don't what I do not think Nebraska needs is a grad transfer at quarterback. Because I think Adrian Martinez is starting in 2021. But a couple names that I think are interesting is uh Jace Reuter. Uh he he's a kid from Kansas who was the number fifteenth dual quarterback in the twenty eighteen recruiting cycle. So a couple years in the program, he went to North Carolina. He's transferring. And I think another name is Grant Tisdale. He was a guy out of the 2019 recruiting cycle that went to Ole Miss. He was the number 14 dual quarterback. Both of them are on the uh, the the transfer portal. I think both of those guys could come in, sit behind Adrian Martinez for a year, and maybe compete with Logan Smothers uh, for that starting job after him. But I am with Derek. I think running back is 1A. If we can find a running back, um, I, I think that's worth it. But I, I also think wide receiver is 1B. I think wide receiver. Well, I like, think Derek had quarterback at 1A now. Okay, okay so so I'm sorry. Well, I, I, I would still have, I think they're, they're 1A, 1B, 1C. I think they're all priorities right now. There are scholarships to go around right now. Um, with losing two scholarship guys, we had one spot available. Now we have three. Let's get one of each. All right. So I'm, I'm going to say this about you said you didn't want the grad transfer at quarterback. Here's why I think you do need a grad transfer at quarterback. Because I don't know that we need a quarterback for another two or three years. Because I think Logan Smothers can be a great quarterback. I don't think he's ready right now. And... Adrian Martinez has not proven he could stay healthy for a full season yet. So I don't want to throw Logan Smothers in there and end up the same way we did with Luke McCaffrey, where he goes out there, throws five interceptions or four, three, whatever, however many interceptions it was, and all of a sudden everybody's crapping on shitting on the kid. Like, let's just get a grad transfer here who could back up Adrian Martinez for a year. 
Well, Derek, I'm fine with that scenario as long as the grad transfer that's coming in is comfortable being a backup quarterback. Like, I mean, I, I obviously you want him to push Adrian. Obviously, you want him to have enough of a threat to make Adrian have to work for it. But like, <laughs> so mean, Tyler, you don't want to bring in a guy that will up that will unseat Adrian Martinez. I just don't think it's that. I don't know who. Like, look at the. Look you at, don't want to get the best guy. You just want to get okay. the guy that's behind right. Adrian Martinez, so, right? So look, look, look at the transfer portal right now and tell me that guy, because the 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 guy you know Terry Wilson is the the na- only name out there that I have heard that even like, okay, he could upstage him. The only other name out there is Austin Kendall, who is a West Virginia guy, like. He he is a guy that I think people think could be a starter. Wasn't he an uh, interception machine? <laughs> but I, he, and he was a and he was a pro style immobile quarterback. I don't think he fits Scott. Fr- I just I hey, don't Ter- think Terry that Wilson guy's out might there. be a great pick. Yeah, Terry like, Wilson would that, be that guy, and maybe he does come in and unseat Martinez. And it's a guy that Frost recruited. Yeah, like my I mean, because um, Riley recruited him too, but. He was never going to fit Riley's offense. Well, he, he, when he, Riley he, got he was, fired, Frost came in and continued to recruit he, he, him. Well, he committed. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that Terry Wilson. Well, he, co- he committed, decommitted, went to, committed to Oregon, decommitted, and ultimately ended up in Kentucky. Yeah, I just, like, I, I just, I, I just to to the thing, Justin. I don't think there's a lot of guys out there that I see unseating Martinez, and so I don't want to. Like, I'm not going to spend a grad transfer like. If you're going to bring in a grad transfer, that's fair, but it needs to be a guy in the backup because I don't think there's enough, a lot of grad transfers out there that are coming in and unseating Adrian Martinez. Here's another reason I think we need a grad transfer over the other, over rather just a transfer. Again, they haven't passed this this one time uh, transfer rule. Like they haven't they haven't passed that yet. And so if we we need a guy that we know is going to be able to play. We need him in here. We need to get him reps. And if he's going to have to sit out a year, I don't want to give him reps and waste the reps. Like, we, if, if we're going to go after a transfer quarterback, we need a guy that we know is going to be able to play. Not a guy we're going to have to sit around for six months and wait and see if he gets a waiver. That's fair. I, 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 again, I, I'm not – I don't know if we need a quarterback for 2021 <laughs> – I'm more concerned about 2022. Well, you need some. I think you need some bodies because if it's not Logan Swathers, it's not Matt Masker. I mean, there has to be somebody. Well, maybe, we brought the kid from Car- maybe it's Henrik Harburg. Well, we brought it, Henrik from Carney if Catholic. you're not if you're not fully confident on uh, Logan Smothers, there's no way you can be confident in Harburg coming in and being that guy. No. But but. But there are freshmen that play. And, and again, you're not – unless Adrian Martinez tears his ACL and you need him for eight ga- – you know, a whole season, you know, what what you're talking about is maybe a half of football. Like, again, I, to me, that's, what, that's, why you, that's why you go to running back. Because I think you you, you hope they tr- the transfer, everything works out. Maybe Simeon Morrison – is that guy in injuries and COVID or whatever the hell disrailed, derailed him is what backed him up. I mean, he did break every Oklahoma record for rushing. I mean, maybe he will be that guy. I, 
You just to me maybe it's Gabe Irvin. I mean, yeah, maybe may, may, running back is just, but running back to me is just a huge question mark for twenty twenty one. That's why I think that's my one A because I just think if you figure that out, I can I'll be fine with Logan Smothers handing the ball off uh, and using his athleticism to make a couple plays. All right, well. More to come on that. Derek, before we got to get out of here, we had a question for you on Twitter. Uh, somebody is interested in your opinion on the Hall of Fame results. Uh, and Schilling? Should he be a Hall of Famer? What do you think? You're damn right he should. But, again, so should Pete Rose. Ultimately, so should probably Barry Bonds. Uh, look, these writers are just going to have to get past the steroid era you're gonna go the next three or four years maybe the next five ten years without putting anybody in the hall of fame so you're either gonna have to get past it and start putting them in the hall of fame or just shut up about the hall of fame for five years because this it, it was absurd to me that zero people made the, the hall of fame this year it's absurd it's dumb tyler you have thoughts on it i i'm generally with Derek. like i i get that the steroid era in baseball was like is this really big faux pas but there was enough guys juicing that you kind of get an idea that yeah they were still better than the rest and you know hank aaron just died and it you know this last week's his last time we recorded obviously you know the the former home run king but like to Derek's point like you can't have the all-time home run leader not in the Hall of Fame. It just you're you're basically making the Hall of Fame a joke at that point. It's a mo- it, it it's the best guy that ever did it is not in the Hall of Fame. Screw steroids. Here, here, change. Here, here's how shitty the whole thing is. If you don't put Barry Bonds in, that means you have your all-time home run leader and your all-time hits leader, and neither one of them in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's, and, and, and right now, the all-time hits leader will never be in the Hall of Fame because he's been he's been on the ballot too many times. They won't let him on it anymore. And yeah. there's been so many players since then that have done far worse than what Pete Rose ever did. <laughs> oh, absolutely. It, 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 the whole thing is, and most of what he did was as a manager. Nobody's wanting to put him in as a manager anyway. Yeah. First off. Second off, it's not like he was taking dives. He was betting on his team to win. Yeah. There's no way to guarantee a win. He, I can guarantee you a loss because bo- I can put up boxers bad bet on themselves all the time. He's not shoeless Joe Jackson. He isn't the Black Sox. He isn't like I mean, it, it, what, what he what he did was so minor and so stupid. But it, the it, whole it's, steroids it's, 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 thing. It's, it's just so it's so dumb not to have him in the hall. But the whole steroids thing, like I I like I grew up. My baseball love started in the steroid era. Like, Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, like, those guys made me fall in love with baseball. And those two both need to be in the Hall of Fame. You know what? Baseball would be dead if it wasn't for those two. So you could could argue. That was where it all started because, remember, in 96 when they went on strike, everybody hated baseball. Everybody said, screw baseball. And then 97 when they came back, the ratings were so damn low. They were like, oh, my God, this is just – we're not getting any viewership. And all of a sudden, here comes Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire, you know, uh, trying to break Roger Maris's single season record for home runs. And all of a sudden, everybody's tuning back in. They're like, "Okay, this is too much. We got to watch." I, I mean, they, they 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 effectively saved baseball. I, if it, I don't know if it ever would have ever recovered 
and they were playing against juiced up pitchers. Like it was a, it was a relatively even playing field across the sport at that point. It, it's I remember. It's like it's like bike racing. Like I don't know. Like obviously everyone, uh, Lance Armstrong, uh, he gets a lot of shit uh, because obviously juicing a lot of reasons that are probably justified about how he threw people under the bus. But there was something that I read that like the, if you looked at when he won the Tour de France's, like to find a guy that wasn't on steroids, you had to go to like 18th place. What's been proven? Like, yeah. I mean, and he everybody was, was juicing. He he was the best was. of the juicers. He was and, the best. And of that's the, the same thing. Like, he's the best cyclist. Like, these are the best baseball players. Put him in the Hall of Fame. Kurt Schilling, to answer the question, should be in the Hall of Fame. The bloody sock is an oh, iconic absolutely. moment. Kurt should be. It it it, it is something that people will tell their kids. I I mean, if you talk about baseball history, and, it's and, in there. And here and here's the thing. I, I could go do steroids right now and put me out there. I'm not hitting a hundred mile an hour fastball. You still got to be able to hit that hundred mile an hour fastball. It, and you still got to be able to find a way to hit somebody's curve. Go hit Clayton Kershaw's curve. It may only be coming at you at 86 mile an hour, but you're not getting a hold of that thing. The average person is not going to be able to do that. So, so, so the, the, the guys that are doing it are still the best players. I, I want to go back to uh, Barry Bonds when, when he was about to break that record, you know, I, I was at a bar downtown uh, in Waco, Texas. Nobody gives a shit. You know, it's it's mainly Rangers fans here with some Astros fans sprinkled in. When Barry Bonds was on that streak, there was, as in a huge bar, and every time Barry Bonds came up to bat, they would turn off the music and turn up the TVs for for Barry Bonds for his at bat just to see if he breaks the record on that at bat. And it went on, you know, all night like that. I mean, that is how exciting oh. it was. It was so exciting where fans, not even of that team, they were excited. I mean, it was it was really? huge for the sport. I never, I, I never in my life rooted so hard against somebody. Yeah, to include LeBron James. I was the same way. Like, I I did not want to see Barry Bonds break Hank Aaron's record. Yeah. Hank Aaron. I, I want to talk about that for just one second too. Hank Aaron. You talked about him passing away here this week. And, and I was sad about it. This is the one guy of there. There's maybe a handful of guys that I really wished in my lifetime I could have seen play. Ernie Banks is probably number one on that list. If just being Mr. Cub, being a Cub fan, uh, but Hank Aaron is probably number two on that list of, of guys that I wished I could have watched him play because he he was special. He was great. He did, he just did things that nobody else could do, and in a, in a time where blacks were not even considered deemed great players. I mean, they, they didn't want him in the league still at that wow. point. Even in the 60s, 70s, they didn't want him there. And, you know, and he came out and he, he just – he was a great player. He was, a, he was a great inspiration. He is one of the few guys I really, really wished I could have watched play. I wish I had one of his baseball I was born cards, man. <laughs> no, amen to that. I mean, like, it is – yeah, Ozzy Smith was always my guy. Like I, I wish I could have seen him play. Like I have his baseball cards. He, I, he, he was he, he was fun to watch play. I mean, I hated the Cardinals, but he was but, fun. But to watch but play. like you know, but Hank Aaron, like it's just you. You look at that. Like you're talking about. I mean, when you think about the golden age of baseball, a lot of people will point to the 20s and 30s when you had like those Yankees and the the Babe Ruth and. You know the 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 murders row in Yankees, but Hank Aaron came in about twenty years, thirty years later, and just completely like 
you, you talk about just the race element of it, but like there was still the Babe Ruth element. Like no one wanted to see a guy who's better than Babe Ruth come into baseball. Oh yeah. And Hank Aaron was better than Babe. I mean, I mean, in the conversation of the greatest baseball players of all time, uh, tragic. And then and, and to the ba- uh, Barry Bonds thing, like I hate that Barry Bonds has that record. I really do. Um, that wouldn't have been a lot. I mean, I just wish Hank Aaron would have held it, but it is what it is. I, I, I've gotten over it at this point, but I, but I do think that if he's <laughs> twenty be years, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I I do think that if he's going to be the all time home run leader, you got to have him in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Like it just it just is. It's all right I, again. You got you got a bunch of eighty year old sports writers out there voting on it, and they're all still looking at. The '60s, when everything, when the game was pure, you know, and well, we should get out of here, and we'll just record a baseball podcast immediately after this, and have that as bonus material. But I don't think anybody wants to hear our baseball stories and uh, our takes on that. But it's a great episode, guys. A uh, lot of stuff going on in Husker Nation for a January, but. Uh, uh, special thanks to our producer, Connor Russell, for putting this audio together for us. Be sure to follow the Husker Cuzcast on Twitter, at Husker Cuzcast. Like us on Facebook. Look for episodes anywhere you get your podcast. Hit that subscribe button, and don't forget to rate and review. On behalf of Derek and Tyler, we want to thank everybody for listening. And as always, go Big Red. Go Big Red.